Welcome to the Vincentian Heritage Podcast, a selection of readings on Vincentian history, spirituality, and praxis to help sustain the members of the Vincentian family in our shared efforts to live out the mission, vision, and values of St. Vincent de Paul. This episode's reading is entitled, Our Goodwill and Honest Efforts, Vincentian Perspectives on Poverty Reduction Efforts, published in 2008. It is read by the author, Rev. Edward R. Udovic. Our Goodwill and Honest Efforts, Vincentian Perspectives on Poverty Reduction Efforts. Introduction. If you were to have asked Vincent de Paul what motivated him to serve those in need with such tireless devotion, he would have replied without a moment's hesitation that his sole motivation was his desire to imitate Jesus Christ in doing God's will in all things, at all times, in all places, and towards all people. As he said, may his will be done always in us and in all that concerns us. Vincent de Paul believed God revealed that it was his will, and thus the standard and obligation of justice, that every poor person whom you providentially encountered was first to be recognized and embraced as being a brother or sister in Christ, and then served as Christ himself would have served them with an abiding love, respect, and efficacy. Everywhere that Vincent turned in the crowded streets of Paris or in the rural countryside, he saw unprecedented numbers of people who were suffering from the cumulative effects of multiple and interlinked forms of poverty. He saw these people because he was looking for them with a keen and practiced, if not preferential, eye. We cannot take this seeing of Vincent for granted, for it was a defining act of personal holiness emerging from a profound conversion experience. Everyone in his society could have looked around and seen people who were poor in the same way that Vincent saw them, but not everyone did. Very often people in Vincent's age, and indeed the royal government itself, unjustly treated poor people at best as problems and at worst as threats to the peace and stability of the state. Vincent also observed that Christ's service, as recounted in the Gospels, was always impelled by a sense of urgency that reflected the urgency of observable human need, as measured by the scope of observable human suffering, moving a human heart to action out of the selfless love that is authentic charity. It is not by mere coincidence that Louise de Marriac chose the motto Caritas Christi Urget Nos with the editorial edition of The Charity of Jesus Christ Crucified Urges Us to Guide the Efforts of the Daughters of Charity. What does God ask of us? Vincent believed that God never required any response from us that, with the assistance of his grace offered on his terms, was unreasonable. In fact, Vincent was very specific about what he believed God did require of us in general, and specifically, with regards to our poverty reduction efforts. It was our goodwill and honest efforts. Vincent once noted that God asks first for your heart and only then for your work. What he meant by this was the insight, based on his own experience, that a person could only consistently perform Christ-like actions after first freely accepting the gift of faith and desiring to conform themselves into being Christ-like, in this case, like Christ, the evangelizer of the poor. Vincent famously observed that a core set of five virtues or values needed to be personally and corporately appropriated through one's best efforts by anyone who wished to serve like Christ. 
In the past, I have referred to these traditional Vincentian virtues, or values, as the Vincentian transcendental imperatives. Be humble, be meek, be mortified, be zealous, and be simple. However, I prefer to use what I consider to be their more understandable contemporary translations. Be realistic, be approachable, be self-disciplined, be hard-working, and be honest. In order to serve as Christ served, we must be honest, which means we must fearlessly seek the truth wherever it is to be found, recognize the truth when we find it, witness to the truth by our words, and live the truth to the best of our ability by our actions, as they relate to our own selves, our neighbors, our world, and our God. Vincent testified that simplicity, or as I have translated it, honesty, was the virtue that he valued most. He went so far as to describe it as his gospel. The transparent strength of this value, in the end, determines the relative strength and effectiveness of the other values. In order to serve as Christ served, we must be approachable, which means we must make ourselves personally available in relationships that are authentic and thus inviting, inclusive, accepting, understanding, equal, and loving. In order to serve as Christ served, we must be self-disciplined, which means we must be absolutely clear about what we believe, what we value, and what are the priorities in our lives. We must then impose upon ourselves the self-discipline that will enable us to live these values in a consistent, integrated, and effective manner. In order to serve as Christ served, we must be realistic, which means we must always creatively balance the inherent tensions between pessimism and optimism, knowing full well what we and other human beings are capable of and not capable of, and gratefully relying on God's grace and providence as the sustaining force of our lives and indeed of all of salvation history. In order to serve as Christ served, we must be hardworking. There is always much to be done in the kingdom of God, and what remains to be done is not easily accomplished without laboring, as Vincent said, with the strength of our arms and the sweat of our brows. What must be done? Vincent's own vocation, and thus the Vincentian age, dawned with a simple but haunting question. In January 1617, Madame de Gondi turned to her faithful chaplain, Vincent de Paul, and asked the question, What must be done? What she meant by this question was, what must be done about the deplorable conditions you and I have witnessed, and which we know are at odds with the good news of the kingdom of God as proclaimed by Jesus Christ? What must I do? What must you do? What must we do? The must found at the heart of this question makes the question and its answer a call to action and a matter of unavoidable responsibility and conscience. We have already seen that for Vincent de Paul, what must be done at any given point in salvation history is always God's will. And God's revealed will is that people in need must always be recognized, respected, and well served. The conjunction of a personal faith commitment to do God's sovereign will as described above, and the personal recognition at any moment in time of the existential opportunities with God's grace to do so, explains Vincent's insistence on discerning and following the dictates of divine providence rather than the dangerous alternative of trusting in one's own or society's standards of self-sufficient judgment and action. 
The prayerful discernment that is necessary to guide Vincentian's service seeks to discern God's providential will revealed in the proverbial signs of the times, of the people, places, and events that surround us. In answering the question, what must be done, Vincentian discernment first seeks to determine what could be done, leading to a judgment about what should be done, leading to a decision about what must be done, leading finally to action. Guiding this discernment is a commitment in the end to carefully choose a course of action that is within our power and has the highest chances of success, given what is at stake. Vincentian Poverty Reduction Efforts For Vincent, the first moral obligation that we have towards those in need is to organize and provide the triage services required to feed the hungry, house the homeless, rescue abandoned infants, provide health care for the abandoned sick, and provide needed spiritual consolation and healing to accompany proffered physical and material consolations. Vincent realized that the sheer numbers of people in need of triage services required a response that had to be institutionalized to be enduring. These institutionalized responses required resources, organization, rules, planning, assessment, and trained personnel. Vincent's brilliance as an organizer and as a manager of people and resources is demonstrated through his groundbreaking institutionalization of charity. The need for service to be efficacious is expressed in Vincent's quotation, On your part, do purely and simply whatever depends on you to make things go well. This efficacy demands a careful balancing of humanism and professionalism in one service in which neither goal is ever achieved at the expense of the other which means at the expense of the people being served. From this perspective, each act of charity rendered under these triage conditions is a morally necessary and endlessly repeatable act of poverty reduction, albeit a short-term or even a momentary one. These types of triage services, whether rendered to a single individual or countless thousands, are always the beginning point of Vincentian service and the touchstone of Vincentian poverty reduction efforts, but they must and do lead elsewhere. As Vincent de Paul, Louis de Marillac, and that first generation of members of the Confraternities of Charity, the Ladies of Charity, the Congregation of the Mission, and the Daughters of Charity, organized to provide the services described above at the scale they were needed, they understood the underlying political, economic, social, religious, cultural, and personal factors that combined to create the poverty and the scale of poverty that afflicted those that stood before them, and the countless more they knew were yet uncounted and yet unseen. In our own postmodern information age, in the midst of the growth of globalism, environmental changes, and the terrifying threat of terrorism in all its forms, Contemporary Vincentian poverty reduction efforts require an ongoing study of how our age is creating and supporting traditional and new forms of poverty, as well as a knowledge of exactly who is paying the increasingly high and deadly price of these poverties, and how and where and why the price is being paid around the world. An understanding of the ways in which poverty is created and sustained is key to developing as Vincent would describe them, ingenious or inventive proposals to achieve poverty avoidance or reduction. There is, at this point, an obvious and important role to be played today by Vincentian colleges and universities. Whether in the 17th or the 21st centuries, 
Vincentians have understood that some form of organized, local, national, and international political advocacy for specific systemic poverty reduction efforts has to be incorporated into their efforts. Vincentians understand that in the absence of these efforts, there is little hope of stemming or controlling an inevitable and exponential increase in the number of people who are poor, the depth of their poverty, and thus the depth of their suffering. Utopia versus the Kingdom of God On this basis, Vincentian poverty reduction efforts in any age can never be aimed at achieving, at all costs, some socioeconomic, geopolitical, or ideologically based model of a just and perfect society. The tragic and bloody fates of these misconceived utopian dreams litter the pages of human history. Rather, Vincentian poverty reduction efforts are zealous, grace-assisted, intelligent, loving, pragmatic, ongoing, and reasonable attempts to live in the kingdom of God that exists here and now within the ultimate mystery of the already, but not yet. In this kingdom where God's will is sovereign, we are called to formulate and pursue strategic efforts of triage and systemic poverty reduction that intelligently, prophetically, and urgently push and pull us and our world out of complacency and any acceptance of an unjust and sinful status quo imposed upon our brothers and sisters who are poor. Vincentian efforts framed in this way do lead, as Vincent would say, gradually and almost imperceptibly to their goal, the measurable reduction or containment of poverty in our world. Prayer and Vincentian Poverty Reduction Efforts The activist nature of Vincentian poverty reduction efforts belies the nature of these efforts as Vincentian prayer. Since these efforts, which Vincent would describe as being firm in the end and gentle in the means, are guided by a faith-filled and grace-assisted discernment, they do form a unique form of Vincentian prayer that expresses confidence and trust in God's loving providence. This is not to say that all Vincentian prayer is expressed in action. We have the words of Vincent de Paul and Louise de Marillac that guide and inspire us still. We have the words that capture the memory and history of past Vincentian efforts across four centuries. Words are sometimes inadequate as prayer, and sometimes they are more than adequate. One Vincentian prayer, filled with words that reflect the Vincentian faith and experience of poverty reduction efforts, are words written in this case not by Vincent de Paul, Louise de Marillac, or anyone who consciously identified themselves by the adjective Vincentian. Rather, they are words composed by the late Bishop Ken Untener of Saginaw, Michigan, and offered as a prayer remembering Archbishop Oscar Romero. They are words that, whatever their original context or purpose, prayerfully answer the contemporary Vincentian question, what must be done to reduce poverty in our world? These are the words of that prayer. The kingdom is not only beyond our efforts, it is even beyond our vision. We accomplish in our lifetime only a fraction of the magnificent enterprise that is God's work. Nothing that we do is complete, which is another way of saying that the kingdom always lies beyond us. No statement says all that could be said. No prayer fully expresses our faith. No confession brings perfection. No program accomplishes the church's mission. No set of strategic goals and objectives includes everything. That is what we are about. We plant the seeds that one day will grow. We water the seeds already planted, 
knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that produces the effects far beyond our capabilities. We cannot do everything, and there is a sense of liberation realizing that. This enables us to do something, and to do it well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for the Lord's grace to enter and do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are workers, not master builders, ministers, not messiahs. We are prophets of a future, not our own. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Incension Heritage Podcast. If you have any questions, please send them to mission.depaul at gmail.com. Be sure to check out all the other Vincentian family resources on our website, mission.depaul.edu.